0: Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge.
1: And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now.
0: Welcome to another week of the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge Boudreaux. As always, I have my wonderful, lovely, talented... uh, Anything else you want, Shelly? Yeah, so Shelly Billinghurst joins me, as always. So so (laughs) young-looking. Yes.
1: Hey, Serge, it's great to be back on the show. Um, So many exciting things happening in talent acquisition tech. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed. Like, I find myself getting lost in reading all these great articles about what's going on. Um, and not just not just in Canada I mean globally like there's a lot of really cool stuff going on so Uh, well
0: there's always there's always been a lot of noise in the tech space when it comes to HR tech Uh, and there's more it it kind of died down during COVID uh, which we're still in COVID but it kind of died down initially as far as a lot of these smaller players were holding off for their IPOs are getting acquired Uh, we're starting to see some acquisitions and we'll talk about that today there was actually an acquisition by smart recruiter acquiring job pal but i think that's an interesting conversation about recruitment process automation and what does that mean um but i I wanted to start to show it something that's just like on top of my mind right now because I'll be Fort, Wright. I'm having challenges with this. Uh, okay. It's the intake meeting with uh, your hiring managers. So mm-hmm. I think we can take this in two different lights. Uh, we can take it on the staffing side and obviously on yeah. the corporate side as well and how it changes. So like, first of all, what is an intake meeting? So, Shelly, can you tell me what you think an intake meeting is?
1: Yeah. So, and, do you know, I, um, maybe I had it pounded into me from, you know, when I first started recruiting and I was in the agency world. As you know, I was there for 11 years yeah. and, and I, I believe the secret to my success as a recruiter in the agency world was getting really, really good at the intake meeting and ensuring that I had a really hearty conversation if somebody's looking to hire right and so that i i believe really understanding not just you know what are the duties and responsibilities honest to god anybody anybody who can read can figure that out right that's yeah. not what i'm talking about i think mastering the intake meeting is what gives the hiring manager confidence that you get it um and i know one so, of the so
0: what I questions think, should you be asking yeah. during an intake meeting
1: so, you know, of course, if they don't have a position description, then um, you got to build one. You got to build one and and you need to be asking, okay, so, you know, I love the example you gave a while ago of somebody asking for 15 years of experience on a product that was only invented four years ago, <laughs> right? Like, so it's, it is finding a kind and inquisitive way to say, okay, so tell me why it's really important that this person has a bachelor's degree, for example. You know, so say you're doing a search for like a manager of customer care. Tell me why, like what what has been your experience that ensures that somebody with a bachelor's degree is going to be successful in this role? And, And it's how you say it, really, right? And hiring managers don't feel like you're attacking them uh, but when asked why, uh, they usually kind of go, "Nobody's ever asked me that. We just keep doing it." And so, are you open to considering individuals with great experience? And and what sort of experience? Like, you know, my favorite question, you know, picture in your mind the greatest person that you've ever worked with that did this job. Describe that person to me. And people just like the information
0: just starts flowing so fair enough you know how how do you combat so Yeah, uh, and how do you combat when hiring managers don't have time to have that discussion and uh how mm-hmm. do you combat when they say well just hire someone like john that's exactly the profile i need oh, um, like how that. do you how do you combat that with hiring managers and we'll go into staffing i'm talking more about corporate yeah. right now yeah yeah um like on the corporate side how do you deal with that
1: yeah well, after 11 years in corporate as well, um, I found, so as, a, as, the, as the lead of recruitment in an organization, um, it became um, basically where we had to dig in our heels. And we don't want to risk our reputation and waste your time. So what I promised hiring managers, if you'll give me 40 minutes, I'll save you six weeks. Okay, who's going to okay. argue with that? Right. You give me forty minutes of your time. And so if you can't find the forty minutes, um, that's okay. We'll wait. We'll wait until you can. And empowering um every recruiter on my team to be able to say that. And when they push back, they would immediately go over my head and go directly up to the VP of HR and they're like, I just want this fucking job posted. Just post the job. It's just like they're yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're just absolutely fixated on they've got to see the job posted, right? Um, And even though, yes, I get that maybe you're hiring 50 of the same thing and the same job posting, you know, just hire the same thing we hired last time. um, What's really important is maybe not so much that we don't understand the job or the person um, that we're looking for, the skills, the background. We've already negotiated that. I think the intake then becomes setting out a, um, a schedule. so in that intake meeting, it may be less about negotiating why do they need this skill and help me understand this to okay, get your calendar out. Do you have your calendar open? I used to say that to hiring managers. Have you got your calendar open? Because you know in, unless you you all have access to each other's calendars, which in some companies you don't. Um, let's get our calendars open and I need you to block off this time now because I need a commitment from you. Because then it's more about if, if you're, if you're going to activate your candidates and your recruiters to bring their candidates in, the decision maker has to be at the table, right? Because then now we're fighting for time in their calendar.
0: Yeah, and I think the calendar is, is, is a really good point. I think part of the challenge too, it depends on what type of role you're recruiting for. It depends on how involved is the hiring manager who else is going to be part of the hiring team. Uh, So generally that's three or four people. Hence the reason that uh, I'm a big believer in a recruitment coordinator being part of some of these discussions when it Mm. comes to, but I think the biggest thing with the intake meetings is some roles are pretty straightforward. Some roles, uh, recruiters generally are are fairly knowledgeable on the roles they're recruiting for, but it does happen in many situations that, they are not, um, and and that's common. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. Especially, yeah. say you're recruiting in the tech sector, engineers of a particular skill set. Yeah. Um, how do, in your opinion, how would a recruiter dig in deeper? So, say they are recruiting, they need, well, you'll see it. Um, it'll be like, oh, we need a hybrid of a product owner and I don't know, um, a client strategist. What type of questions do you think we should be asking uh, for roles that are maybe not uncommon? And as a recruiter, we don't fully understand.
1: Yeah. Any so advice there? You just described, um, what's the old term? It's kind, of, it's kind of dated, I think, the purple squirrel, or you're, look, you're,
0: yeah. you're
1: being asked to be a unicorn hunter. I mean, is there even such a thing? Yeah. And, and I know, um, you know, even when I think back to my time in corporate, I remember there was one role where the hiring manager absolutely insisted on a, a combination of skills and backgrounds, this hybrid person that they described, and it didn't exist. You know, we, we'd, and when we brought people to the table, there was always reasons why not to hire. So, do yeah. you know, I, I often suspect that when they're asking for this, they're really trying to fish. Yeah, You know, they, they really are. They're fishing. Like, does this even really exist? The other thing in corporate I find when you're being thrown this, you know, find me this impossible person, there's always a reason why. Um, and, and if we have the, if we're tooling our recruiters on how to ask why in such a way that managers are like, let me help you. Let me help you understand. Um, And that opens the door for us to start negotiating because what's the reason behind why we need this? So it's not like I can't figure out, like I can go to Google and figure out what is, um, you know, give me a definition of a, a product owner and a client advocate. Like that's not hard. Are they just trying to throw something at you to maybe shut you up? <laughs> I don't know. Like will your recruiters back off if it's it's a form of intimidation? I don't know. Do you what do you think?
0: Uh, Well, I think sometimes it's just based on what's required from the the client and being in a situation they're dealing with. Um, They feel these skill sets would be a perfect mix and their head is like, oh, well, you can find that person. Because a lot of hiring managers have not had the experience of actually recruiting people is they get people that come. Basically, the recruiters come to them with people that for them to interview and they think, oh, great. They magically appeared. They don't understand the work that's actually being done in the background to attract those people to your company. And a lot of people sometimes thinks everyone should be working for them, um, which is mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. But in reality, when you go to the market, it's maybe not the case. So that person with that skill set, why would they come work for your company? Why would? And it's interesting. I'll ask this mm-hmm. to some hiring managers. And I, and I laugh every time because I, I think it's hilarious. It's uh, so why would they work for in your division? Why would they work for us? And I'll say, well, they get to work with me, and 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 they're serious. And I know like they're they're dead <laughs> yeah. serious. Uh, in they think they're that Google. <laughs> yeah they think they're google like everyone would want to work for them because they're Mm -hmm. a great boss and whatever the Mm -hmm. case is i'm like well that person doesn't know you they have no clue who you are and everyone says that so in reality you do need to dig in deeper but like the one thing that i on the corporate side and we'll go in staffing is this is where as a leader uh in talent acquisition and this is probably one of our biggest challenges uh, is the leader has to put his foot down saying we're not going to start recruiting until we have this discussion um so like you said you need to communicate it maybe a little bit differently but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with not all levels of the organization um agreeing to that that is going to cause you a challenge so i think one of the things that uh Talent acquisition recruitment leader is they need to get buy-in with seniors in the organizations that they are going to be doing this. And if you can't get your buy-in from them, you're going to have a challenge because the CEO will come to you. Why haven't you hired yet? And say, well, I haven't been able to meet with the hiring managers because they're pushing me off. They're like, they might be like, well, screw that, fuck that. Just start recruiting. It's not that hard type of thing. Um, so you do need oh, to be able wow. to communicate that internally. And that happens a lot. And I feel for a lot of talent acquisition leaders, because if you don't have the buy-in from the rest of the organizations, you're going to get s- circumvented all the time. So yeah. um, you know, if you're I, a recruiter listening to this, uh, yeah. working with your leader, that's something that you want to push. You should not start recruiting until... Uh, you have basically that intake meeting, but so, re- practice is different than theory. And I know right. we're all having this difficulty.
1: So, so Serge, what is your advice to a recruiter? Like the scenario that you just painted, honestly, I got an absolute twinge in my stomach when you said that, because I know it's the reality, right? Like yeah. if, if somebody, there were many times when hiring managers would go over my head Right. And, and the reason I stayed working where I was at was because I know that my boss had my back. Like, and I mean, two levels up that would say, uh, no, Mm -mm. like we're not posting it until you've had a good hearty conversation about what we're looking for. Like if they don't take talent seriously, like if I'm a recruiter, like when I hear you say that, do you know, it's the first thing I thought of yeah, I'm going to look for another job. Yeah. Like if they don't have your back, like that is the, I think that's the number one reason that people leave, whether it's recruiters or people in HR or software developers. If, if your leader doesn't have your back, it's time to look elsewhere.
0: Well, it shows the or doesn't take talent acquisition seriously, which you're going to have as a talent acquisition leader, you're going to have a battle on everything that you need yeah. as far as does that you're going to have a battle on getting additional resources. You're going to have battle on yeah. getting additional budget. You're going to get battle on, on everything. So is that the environment as a talent acquisition leader or as a recruiter you want to be in? And I think you, you nailed it on the head. If that's the environment you're in. Start um, looking
1: for another job, <laughs> go work somewhere else. For, yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly start
0: for another one, I, you're, I, you're
1: set up to fail. Yes. You are absolutely being set up to fail. If you, um, and maybe it goes back to the days, you know, like when I say I had it absolutely pounded into me um, to the point where, you know, when I worked in agency, the CEO himself said, do not lift a finger, do not expend any resource. If you cannot get a hiring manager 30 minutes, any less than 30 minutes, and it's garbage. Like we're not going to expend resources searching for a candidate when you've got a half-assed intake. And yes. and it is because it's it's just it's you're guessing. And that Well, will you're not guessing close and, business. You're not going to be able to fill it.
0: And it shows they're not that serious about that role and what mm-hmm. I mean by that, it, I've seen it so many times you're recruiting for weeks and you start putting candidates in front of the hire man and be like Well, that's not what I'm looking for. Or, oh, I didn't tell you, the role changed a little bit. I'm looking for a little bit different of a profile. Well, wouldn't that be important Uh, to know as the recruiter? And that happens more infrequently so I I don't disagree with your advice at all I'm like if you're in that situation and obviously we're in a world where there's not as many recruitment jobs so you stay on as long as you can but back of your head if that organization is like that it's probably not a good organization you for you long term let's talk about staffing so staffing is a little bit different because getting intake meetings with the hiring managers can be way more difficult because you've got your recruitment in the middle or HR. What's your advice for staffing and getting those intake meetings? Can it be done with the recruiter mm-hmm. if they've done it with the hiring manager? What's, what's your thoughts there?
1: Yeah. you know, I know there's many different models with, um, with staffing agencies because sometimes they have like outside salespeople who meet, they're obviously their their objective is to bring in business and they give you the information and tell you to just start recruiting. Um, that model has never worked. It, it just uh, drives me crazy. Love my account managers, but you really need to let me talk to the hiring manager. You really need to let me have, like do it, I don't consider it a good lead or even a, you're not bringing me business if you have not booked me To meet with the hiring manager. Give me 30 minutes. I am not asking for, um, I know I need 40, but if you can give me, like if you say, give me 33 to 41 minutes, that's all I need. If it's a client you've never worked for before,
0: right? Well, it isn't the challenge because there's usually multiple firms like bidding for that same job or whatever the case is. And if everyone says, no, it's fine. Give me the job description and i'll recruit off that uh doesn't it give you a competitive disadvantage as a staffing firm when you're like you're mm. demanding that
1: well haven't you just summed it up search <laughs> it's about relationships yeah. if i have no relationship with the hiring manager why would he for one he or she for one moment believe that i will be successful why would they who am i to them like if I have no relationship, then really there's technology. I can do a Google search. I can post the job on it on Indeed. I'll get candidates. Where's the value add? Where's the value add? If if they've never talked to me, like if if I if you if I can get 30 minutes with that hiring manager, they hang up the phone and they have complete confidence because when I call them back. They take my call and they will meet the candidates that I put in front of them. They absolutely yeah. will. So, so if, if you're just here, take the job order and desperate, how long are you going to stay in business?
0: Seriously. Well, I would say, wouldn't you say the majority of what staffing is right now and it, like, wouldn't you say that's the majority of what happens?
1: Um, well, do you know, like, maybe, uh, you know, I, I, I think, if that is how they operate, they probably aren't going to stay in the business very long. You know when I look around even in our local market of what firms do really, really well, um, these are people that have long service and deep relationships <clears throat> and if you're and if you have no relationship with with your company that you're recruiting for, yeah, they're just going to farm it out. And um, throw this out to five different agencies and let you guys fight over the scraps. Tell me how that's an effective use of anybody's time. And if that's the sort of business you're chasing, then you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're doing it wrong, all wrong
0: yeah no and i don't disagree but it is there is so much competition in that space and there's not a lot of differentiation between a lot of different of these providers so they like you look at all these staffing firms uh, a lot of them are kind of like recruitment sweatshops in the sense that it's like okay you need to make 40 calls in that day uh, so it's, it's not based on relationship a lot of the time and that creates a challenge for sure so i yeah. I, I agree with you and if you want to be long term in the sense you you have to be mm-hmm. um
1: mm-hmm.
0: you really have to be focused on building those relationships but it's not always the case which is a challenge yeah but, Anyway, I think the feedback, and I think what we summarize in both the intake, meaning is probably the most important step in recruitment um, by far. Mm-hmm. And overall, I think that is a major challenge on a corporate and staffing side that um, we're not doing. Um, and that could be based on the organization you're working with, the pushback, the ability to drive the numbers that need to be driven. As far as getting people on board on time, then the flip side, staffing very similar, a lot of competition, a lot of um, a lot of metrics to drive you to make as many calls as possible so you get the business. You're just going to take it and you're going to take it with the information you have. What usually happens is you're spinning your wheels in a role that there's probably ten other firms recruiting for that same role because they don't care about the relationship or uh, as far as and when I say they don't care I mean yeah um, the hiring team or the company you're working mm-hmm. with just wants you to find the bodies um, I- so
1: can I make one more comment on that yeah. search and and I think about what is the what is at the root of of that on the agency side and I know it used to be the case I don't know if it is so much anymore but a lot of recruiters are 100% commission. And if you're 100% commission it's a numbers game. You know, like if I've got 20 open orders, I'm going to work my top 5 that are likely to close. And I really don't care about the bottom 15 because I'm hundred percent commission. And that drives a very, it drives the very behavior that we're kind of, um, railing against. It's, you know, because they can't, they can't take the time to build the relationship because I can only focus on my top five of what's going to close. Right. So if you're the other 15 clients that I supposedly took an order from, um, I'm going to give you about 24 hours of attention and if I can't find somebody, I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's a, a part of it, I believe goes back to um, organizations that only pay a hundred percent commission to their recruiters.
0: Hmm. So, and advice to corporate recruiters if your organizations like that start looking because it's going to be yeah. um, it's going to be a challenge for you. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about recruitment process automation and what that means. And the reason I'm bringing it up, I don't know if uh, anyone, if you, I think you saw it, yeah, Shelly. I did. Is so um, Smart Recruiters bought JobPal and now it's called SmartPal. Uh, yes, it's already directly integrated and. Basically, uh, recruitment process automation, there's a lot of confusion of what that is. In, in some ways, uh, when we talk about it, we talk about people perceive a chatbot. Um, and there is a difference between, there's a lot of confusion and noise around uh, chatbots right now because there's <laughs> different sets of what a chatbot means. Is, is a chatbot basically, you ask a question and it has a predetermined set uh, list of questions that it answers your question with, or is it AI, where it's basically learning as it goes and it learns to answer your questions? So, the acquisition uh, I think is interesting because a lot of the major, um, a lot of the major players out there in the ATS world have have some type of recruitment process automation um, and using a chatbot. What, what did you think reading on uh, this acquisition? Does it make sense for smart recruiters?
1: Uh. I- I am, um, I'm thrilled because as you know, we had the CEO uh, come talk to us and the guy is brilliant. Um, when, you know, it is, it is interesting. Um, I remember I saw a, a, a dog and pony show about two years ago from Oracle cloud. And part of what they were talking about was this ability for, um, I wouldn't call it a chat bot. They were kind of representing it as next generation chat bot. And what they were referring to was the work that JobPal was doing. I realize that now, but at the time I was like, Oh my God, wouldn't that be brilliant? Because if I'm a candidate, so what I saw was a demo of Oracle cloud and kind of what their concepts were and where they were headed. Um, and they were talking about this ability for, Um, automation, I'm a candidate and I'm applying for a job in, say I'm a a sales rep and I'm looking for a job. And these are big companies. Okay. Like let's, let's be clear. We're not talking about small companies with a few hundred employees. We're talking, um, you know, fortune 500s. Right. And so what they were, what they had presented was this whole notion that as a candidate, I can, like, I'm applying for a job. I add my Um, upload my resume. And it comes back and says, you know, we don't have anything right now, but your skills might be really well suited for these three other jobs. Um, And it would serve you saying, you know, if you're open to relocation, we've got this job in New Jersey, which is, you know.'" reasonable, like it's not commute, would you consider relocating? And it had a conversation, but what, what they were talking about, my, this was a couple of years ago, um, they were talking about that um, intelligent conversation. It's not like, um, I, I don't believe when they're talking about, when we think of chatbots, we think, um, you know, has my resume been read? And a chatbot comes back and gives you this canned answer. What they were talking about was more, it was actually intelligent. It was taking a look at your application, the questions that you answered, and being able to provide you with suggestions. So if you asked a question like, I see this job is calling for five years of experience. I only have three. Should I apply? And the system would say, actually, here's some other jobs that you might want to apply for, rather than saying, no, don't bother right yeah
0: well the system um, is never gonna say no don't bother uh no in most cases, right. I don't think that's a, <laughs> a message but it's so interesting is, is
1: that the experience that you believe they're going for smart recruiters is going for that level uh, with, a couple job uh,
0: i I don't know how in-depth is their chatbot from what I've seen um uh, just reading up on it quickly so basically what they're trying to do is eliminate a lot of the steps in the recruitment process. So the things that take the longest, so mm-hmm. answering questions from the candidates. Uh, this is where this steps in. The other element as far as recommending the best jobs. So it, I think this is exactly where you're lining up as far as yeah. this is the type of skill sets mm-hmm. I have, then it's going to take a look at what the best fit for that particular person is. And then scheduling interview appointments, which I think is one of the most painful things in recruitment Uh, and uh, that is one that I can see a lot of use across the board as far as um, because we all have that challenge as far as booking calendar invites uh, is doesn't seem like a lot but it's a pain in the ass uh, as we all know and I think those are the biggest things like I don't know how intelligent job pal is Uh, I am going to listen to their they have like a fireside chat with jerome yeah. uh, like you're right yeah. we had on the show and uh the ceo of job pal uh but what was interesting it's already i the first thing i went and looked directly in the system and it's already there uh it's already in there it, it's always been part of their marketplace but now it's it was, fully yeah. integrated you can move right away and they've already changed the name to smart pal which i think is yeah. just lines up well with it but in like when we talk about recruitment process automation, I think the biggest pains in recruitment are a couple of things is is selecting the right candidate. So as resumes come true and filtering out the ones that are like let me give you an idea right now, I and this is a major challenge that we're seeing this more. Getting resumes from overseas has always been a challenge. This is now 20-fold with COVID. Really? We I would say 90 percent of resumes in certain jobs are coming from outside of north america there's a couple of reasons for this is a lot of the ats have now the option of remote basically gives you and shows that you can be remote well they're taking that as oh i can be remote so i can be working in whatever country overseas which causes challenges because even though it's remote, it means you still have to be legally eligible to work in Canada or US or whatever market you're in. Um, but like I had a job recently that 90% were wow. overseas. Taking the time to go through these candidates and just eliminating them is it takes a time when you're getting, say, maybe 200 resumes and... 160 of them are not in the market. You still have to go through to make sure they're right. So if you can automate that and you can automate those aspects easily in some ways easier with screening questions and but we know people lie during screening questions all the time right? and maybe eliminate like
1: 10%. Like what is going on with that? Like so here's here's the here's the big debate. You know, part of me says like just do away with the screening questions cuz honest to god you're still going to look through them you know so so what is the point of the screening questions when we've trained the marketplace that you know these are knockout questions right so people will game it and say that they do have these skills which causes you which causes you to still open up their resume right yeah, well, so, what so so why are we bothering with the screening questions at all?
0: Well, if I can eliminate ten percent, that's ten percent that I don't need to go through. Um, because if I ask the basic question, "Are you eligible to work uh, in Canada?" and they say no, then it automatically knocks them out. I'm not looking at their resume; uh, it's it's gone. It's no longer in my realm of vision. But right, that's the other they thing, answer honestly. Yes, well, that's, saying, that's the thing.
1: They're, they're saying yes they are eligible.
0: yes so but to answer your question that's why I'm not eliminating it because it still might eliminate some people that I would have looked through if I didn't have that screening question. Anyways, you know what I mean? But you're right. Like it's still the great majority of people lie. Then I'm just like, then it just pisses me off even more. And they don't stand a chance if that happens because well, they didn't stand a chance anyways. Like there's certain requirements, but I'm just like so pissed because you just wasted two minutes of my time, which doesn't seem like a lot, but when you're going through hundreds of resumes or whatever the case, it just adds up. Um, but the other steps in recruitment process automation that a lot of so there's candidate selection um, then there is interview scheduling uh, with the advent of self-scheduling that has been extremely helpful for a lot of people but I find a challenge I know internally is they don't update their calendars so my hiring managers uh, and also they want heads up Uh, There's so many different things. So self-scheduling doesn't always work in that sense. So that's like something you need to train within the organization. And similar to what I said at the start, um, if you don't have your leaders or people. And when I say your leaders, I mean, other leaders in the organization, like your operations leader, be on board that, Hey, your calendar is what we're going to leverage to book your appointment. So make sure it's up to date. Um, you'd be shocked how many pushback I get on that in multiple organizations I've worked at. Um, that is something that if you can automate through the recruit like through process automation, which is uh, using a chat bot to do that or having self-scheduling options, major challenge. What's your thoughts on that? Have you ever had that challenge? I know it seems like really a tiny thing, but it's something I'm sure to recruiters listening right now is their biggest pain in the ass is actually scheduling people in the, in the calendars. And it's even... I would say even more a challenge now because a lot of organizations with video interviewing, uh, cause a lot of the interviews are video, they don't know how to which zoom account to work, which Google meet account to work. They, they haven't coordinated that like in a consistent manner cause they haven't used it in the past. But I think that's something every recruiter is having a challenge with right now.
1: I, I don't doubt that. I think the other fear maybe, here is um, the perception of the hiring manager that, um, that we've done nothing as recruiters, right? Like if, if we're just simply booking these candidates based on matching them on paper, um, there may be a perception of less value add. I think, I don't know, like how are your, how's your recruitment team feeling about all these, these parts of, I know they're administrative processes, but it you know it if you in if you start automating everything will the hiring managers begin to think well what do i even need a recruiter for right because the technology does it all but it so if you if you've not built a relationship with your hiring managers and if you've not built a relationship you know whether you're agency or corporate you know if they don't have a trusting relationship with you i feel it feels more like um, How are we going to demonstrate that we're adding value?
0: Well, in the value, a recruiter's role, and we've talked about this many times, is is not an admin role. Uh, And I have difficulties with that in every organization I work. Mm -hmm. Recruitment is not admin. And I always translate it to sales, okay? So it's very similar. Your recruiter is a relationship Mm -hmm. person. So they're... Goal is is managing the relationship with the hiring manager and the candidates. Anything else is just, Diana, it's just noise. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else really matters in that mm-hmm. sense. So if you want to eliminate the things that don't matter, great. I think that makes sense. The recruiter should be 100% focused on talking and close. And like if we translate into sales talk, closing the deal, getting customers on board very similar to a candidate. So I, I really don't give a fuck what hiring <laughs> managers think in that sense. Like in reality, our job is to get you the best candidates, not spend hours being your and your things, admin. And I actually, yeah. I, and I said this in a meeting not too long ago. I'm like, I'm not your min bitch. Um, so, and that didn't go over really well, but uh, that was a little bit of frustration coming in that sense yeah. that, yeah, I my job is to get you the best possible talent. All the other stuff is wasting mm-hmm. my time because that time on tedious menial tasks and when I mean they need to be done, don't get me wrong. So I'm yeah. not uh somebody's got to uh, do it. Someone's got to do it or and, automate it. Right. Or you automate yeah. it. This is where the recruiter should be 100% focused on bringing the best possible candidates. Any time that is not spent on that is time wasted. So mm-hmm. But it all goes to how the organization sees this recruitment as a function. Exactly. be shocked. Most organizations see recruitment as they see HR, as they see it as an admin function, which is why I am a big proponent of saying recruitment should not be an HR because we're getting bulked into that admin side of the work, which we shouldn't.
1: Yeah. Here, so. here. Um, before we close off, search. I just wanted to um, – ask you, did you, did you, you read the recruiting brain food, right? I do. Yeah. Did you see that new LinkedIn GitHub um, tool? They talk about where you, it'll sit, if you put in your current job and say candidates are looking to transition to um, another type of role, like say you're currently in retail and you're looking to transfer your skills into something else. um, It is such a cool tool. If you've not tried it do go in and try it it is so cool um it's on linkedin and it's part of the job seeker tools yeah yeah yeah
0: how how is Git? i i didn't see it uh like it was it this weekend because i kind of skimmed through this week yeah Yeah, it
1: was it was okay uh, how how is github
0: like how is that it like
1: i know like it's it sorry so the tool shows you what um what skills are typically found in the work you're doing now and make suggestions and matches based on percentages, percentage likelihood. And then it also gives you, um, the likelihood and how many other people like this is, this is really very common that people could go from this type of work to this type of work.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, right? That's cool.
1: It's so cool. You've got to try it out. I took it for a test drive.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Mostly because I am working as a mentor for, as part of the Young Women in Business group. And um, the mentee that I have is looking to transition into a new career path. So I sent it to her and I'm like, check this out. It's really cool. It's really cool. And it suggests all, and then of course, because it's connected to uh, LinkedIn, it'll give you like, so right now in your area, there are 11 jobs posted. So it's, it's kind of a cool tool. Anyway I, I, I will definitely check it I out. It well, there's
0: so many fun. cool things every week on, on recruiting brain food. So if you are a listener yeah. and you're not subscribed to recruitingbrainfood.com, uh you should uh because like those are a perfect example of different tools that you can leverage and just great articles, great profiles on recruiters. Yeah. So yeah. Perfect. Yeah, let's yeah. let's close off the show. Anything exciting going on for you? Anything you like to put out there? Um
1: Oh well, we we must mention Innovate Work. Yes, yes. So Serge and I are going to co-host a panel with Innovate Work on December third, and we're just in the we're just finalizing who the guest speakers are going to be. Um, looks to be a really great program, um, and we certainly would invite all of our listeners to sign up to Innovate Work yes. on December third.
0: Innovate Work, I think it's InnovateWork.com. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I should have confirmed that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really excited to be part of that group. Um, I we'll think put that, it in our flyer
1: for the episode. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I spoke at Innovate Work, the last one in, yep. in the Rockies. So uh, it was a great, great knowledge, great info. So if you're in the HR profession, so it, it focuses on all elements of just work itself. So when I say HR, actually, it's much mm-hmm. more. Uh, definitely take a look. We'd love to have you join. It's free. Uh, and you get to listen to great speakers. And well, and the best part is you get to see me and Shelly, which <laughs> how much better can that be? Uh, yeah. So, Shelly, have a fantastic week and we will be back next week.
1: Great. Thank you, Serge. <laughs>
0: Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.